0: I am your host, Victoria Batman, and this is Grieving Hearts. This is a podcast to support families of traumatic grief. Any bereavement or loss is traumatic. However, traumatic bereavement occurs when the loss is sudden, violent, and unexpected and carries the potential for longer term psychological problems for the bereaved. My grief journey started in April 2019 when my 11 year old son, Josh, was killed in a hit and run by an elderly unlicensed driver. After struggling to find the appropriate counselling support for myself and my family, we found ourselves left to deal with our grief alone. After contacting many professional bereavement counselling services and having to relive the trauma by explaining the circumstances of the loss of Josh, we were then added to waiting lists for support. Research shows that early interventions of support for families of traumatic grief are paramount in helping to prevent long-term psychological problems. My aim for this podcast is to help families feel less alone with their grief. I want to bring together a community of support for each other in the hope that when families feel ready to listen to our podcast, we will be able to help and support each other through sharing our own personal experiences. Our guests will speak about the loss of their loved one and the circumstances of their death. Aftercare support received from professional services, the mental health support available to families of traumatic grief. Self-help advice for families living with traumatic grief, such as any learned therapies or techniques or daily routines they have found have helped with calming their mind and processing their emotions, anxieties, panic attacks and depression. Today we will be speaking with Lauren, who has suffered the loss of her son, Thomas. We offer our sincere condolences to you and your family, and we are extremely grateful to you for being part of our podcast to support families of traumatic grief. We understand this is an incredibly difficult and upsetting thing for families to do, but we hope that by sharing our experiences, we can bring together a community of support for each other. So if you don't mind, please can you tell me a bit about yourself, family life and finding out you was pregnant
1: yeah sure so my husband and I were married in 2016 um, and I have um, I have a history of Crohn's disease so because of complications with that we found out very early that we weren't able to conceive naturally and that we would need to go down the IVF route Mm. so we started that um, before we got married um, and I don't know you know, if any of your listeners have, have been through IVF, but that in itself is a traumatic process because mm-hmm. there's a lot of you get so close and then you might have a setback, yeah. you know, a lot of the kind of emotional trauma that you go through with that. But <clears throat> we were very lucky. We got one try funded by the NHS um, and it worked. And I found that I was pregnant and we had our wedding coming up um so we were absolutely over the moon yeah um and it was just you know uh immediately we started telling people because they knew obviously it was very hard to keep yeah. that we'd been going through ivf a secret because colleagues would see me you know mm-hmm. having to inject and yeah. the mood things that go with it so everyone knew we were trying um so we did share very early on that we'd been successful and we started uh planning the life that we were going to have with our baby, really.
0: Okay, so um, I know this is incredibly difficult, but please can you tell us a bit about the day you lost Thomas? What were the circumstances and what led to the loss of Thomas?
1: Absolutely. Well, we'd we'd not long been back from our honeymoon, actually, probably been back about eight weeks, you know, eight weeks married. Mm -hmm. Very happy living in a little bubble of planning for the next big thing. Um, And I was about halfway through my pregnancy um, when I noticed um, a small amount of bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, And this had been going on for a few weeks and I'd been checked multiple times, um, all of which had come back as, you know, baby's fine. We don't know what it is, but the baby's fine. We can hear a heartbeat. We can... um, you know we can see movement baby's absolutely fine so there was some apprehension but a sense of relief that whatever it was it wasn't yeah. i wasn't losing this mm. child that we'd wanted for so yeah. long um and i'd just started a new job a uh, second day in my new teaching job um and i was advised by the staff to just go you know I was obviously not in the right place I was worrying still mm, yeah. so I was advised to just go and get checked out at the hospital I gave them a call and they said yep come straight into the labor ward we will you know we'll do another scan just to put your mind at ease mm. um, so I went in just assuming really that it would just be another case of we don't know what's going on but the baby's fine yeah. um, so I was taken into a room they tried using the Doppler and I could see that the um the, the sonographer was not yeah. comfortable you know i could tell she yeah. wasn't comfortable um and so she went to get a scanner mm-hmm. she came back with the scanner um did the you know over the belly ultrasound and i could still see that she wasn't comfortable and, and by this point i was worrying because yeah. the baby had been fine i was worrying that they yeah. were going to tell me there was something wrong with me you know i was worried that i was going to get bad news about my body um and she hadn't turned the screen towards me like they normally do yeah so she said um i'm just gonna go and get your consultant to just help me with this and still very naively i thought okay this is all gonna be fine i'll be back Mm -hmm. i'll be back at work for my staff meeting after school you know um consultant came in checked as well um and then She said to me, and I can still remember it as clear as day, she just said to me, I'm so sorry, the baby's passed away. And that was just when absolutely everything collapsed. It's almost like, it's almost like everything went into a bubble, you know, sounds were kind of muffled and people were talking slowly and I couldn't, you know, everything had like this film over it when I was looking at it because I'd just suddenly pulled right back into myself. And I was on my own. My poor husband was a lorry driver. So he was up north somewhere, Um, you know, so I was sort of in this room on my own with with two professionals just telling me that the the baby had had gone. Um, And so they were talking practically about plans for giving birth to him and, you know, inducing birth because I wasn't anywhere close enough to to give birth naturally they said um we could wait for it to happen naturally but that could still be another few months Mm -hmm. and the idea of i don't know the idea of carrying on
0: yeah
1: knowing that my baby was was dead um didn't they
0: ask if you had anyone you'd want around for support before they said anything
1: not before they told me not before they told me i mean they then you know they were they were wonderful that the staff were yeah. wonderful but they i was left you know on my own in the room having to make phone calls to my parents and to my husband's parents yeah, having to let best friends know i had to they the hospital called my husband actually they said that they didn't want me to do it because they knew he was driving a lorry yeah. and they worried that if i'd called him
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know he yeah. would potentially put himself at risk driving, being in a state. So they, they advised him to come home and come to the hospital as soon as possible, but, but not to worry. So when he turned up, he hadn't been informed, so I had to break the news to him as well. Um, It was, quite honestly, it was the worst day of my life and not something that I would ever wish on, on my worst enemy. You know, it's a real... People showed up. People showed up really quickly to be there for me. And that was lovely. But I was alone, mm-hmm. regardless of how many people were in the room. I was, I was alone in that moment. And it, it took a long time to come back out and start interacting with people again, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. So did you feel supported by professional services such as bereavement support? during and after the loss of Thomas, did you feel you had a professional to turn to? Should any questions or worries arise?
1: I did. um, The hospital I gave birth in was uh, Frimley Park Hospital in Surrey. And they have, um, they've got a specific delivery suite called the Rowan suite, which they have worked hard to raise money for. um, That is specifically for delivering babies that have died so that you are, you've got midwives on hand, um but you are separate from women giving birth to live babies which is nice you've got that slight slight soundproof buffer so you're not hearing you know you're not hearing newborn cries and and things like that and it's it's a lovely suite and you can stay overnight and and they've got a a nursery um sort of like a refrigerated nursery almost so that the baby Mm -hmm. can stay with you for a while so everyone was wonderful they got us booked in Mm -hmm um you know in two days time and they took care of us and we had access to bereavement midwives um who were able to offer support while we were there Mm -hmm. um and they did reach out initially afterwards but i just know obviously there's so much so much coming through i mean when we when we were booked in to go and deliver thomas there was already a couple still in there who i'd seen being checked in a few days before when i then found out what had happened and i didn't know what yeah. the suite was then mm-hmm. and then as soon as i realized mm-hmm. i understood that you know this couple waiting to be checked in we're obviously in a similar situation mm-hmm. so you know you did get you got a lot of time yeah. there was no rush to move you on and get you out and get you home you know you mm-hmm. you could take a lot of time and emotionally and uh, we were very supported while we were there um yeah. But when we were discharged, the, you know, the labour ward got babies coming all the time, so they weren't able to keep on top of checking up with us. Um, and the counselling that we were offered um, was a more general counselling. It wasn't specifically bereavement counselling. So looking back, I do wish that we had been given a bit more information about yeah. our options for helping to deal with the grief because at the mm-hmm. time we didn't really feel anything. It was the practicalities, okay, well, we've got to go in and be induced and then I've mm-hmm. got to give birth and then, yeah. you know, what, what happens next? But then once that's done yeah. and we came home, that's when we started to just, that's when we started to really feel it. That's when we started to fall yeah. apart. Yeah. Um And I think we could have done with a bit more Emotional support, seeing us through the next, well, you know, how long does it take to deal with something like that? But so, yes, we were very well taken care of at the time. But I do, I do wish that there was more money for specifically bereavement services. Yeah.
0: Similar to myself, I felt Mm -hmm. supported whilst at the hospital, and then coming home, it did feel like I was just given a bag of books, some telephone numbers, and yeah you're in complete shock you're, you're yeah yeah absolutely
1: books or, i know and bringing... it's it's no fault of the you know the nurses or the midwives or or whatever i you know i i'm sure that they still thought about us and when we went in mm-hmm. um you know a year later to give birth to our second child who mm-hmm. you know luckily we got to keep um he's at school at the moment and some of them were still there and they remembered they remembered us you know and they were so supportive throughout the entire second pregnancy so they they obviously did still care but it's just the time and the funds to really follow up on each patient once they'd gone home I think that is what causes the problem I suppose with Mm -hmm. the struggle with ongoing bereavement care
0: I think
1: you've kind of just said I mean, yeah I mean we did you know the midwife who had I'd been under she did come out and visit me a few times just to mm-hmm. I mean first of all obviously she needed to make sure that my body was settling back down after mm-hmm. giving birth um but I think also just to check in she had formerly been a bereavement midwife and then she was a midwife out in the community so mm-hmm. she she would just you know for a few months afterwards and then when when we were pregnant again um, she kind of kept an eye on me which I really appreciated. Yeah, really it. was nice to know that we haven't yeah. been forgotten.
0: Yeah, yeah it is. Um, do you have any self-help advice for families who are alone and struggling with grief? Any learned therapies or techniques or daily routines you have found that have really helped with calming your mind and processing your emotions, anxieties? panic attacks and depression Uh,
1: yeah absolutely i mean the first off i would say to anyone is that there's no shame in going to your doctor and getting medical help definitely i i was put on a course of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication which uh, really helped you know from a completely chemical point of view that really helped and there's absolutely no stigma or shame in needing that um and we were lucky in that when we tried IVF again, which was only a couple of months later, um, we had to pay to do it privately. And through that, we got um, ongoing counselling, um, like I said before, because the IVF process is so traumatic in itself. And she she had bereavement training. So I did end up getting bereavement training, sorry, bereavement counselling then. Um, but that was more like a a fluke you know a bit of luck on our part Mm -hmm. um what i kind of took on myself actually was in the in the months after thomas died i really started embracing meditation and mindfulness listening to just you know guided meditations on youtube and places like that i started doing yoga um and you know just having some incense on the go and a lot of people say it sounds that sounds really hippie-ish and you know my husband blessing did think that i'd kind of turned to being a hippie to deal with it but actually i found that having that space and time Mm -hmm. that i was dedicating just to me not having to do chores or be a wife or be a teacher or anything like that Mm -hmm. um that really helped calm the noises and i know you know some people still think that things like that are a bit Uh, off kilter and you know they really understand that
0: because I had done the same
1: and it really also helped me it uh, was amazing it It just really you know and it allowed you know I used to I would be in the middle of doing some yoga and I would just start crying Mm -hmm. and not be able to stop Um, but it felt cathartic you know it felt like I was actually getting a lot of that emotion out Mm -hmm. I think Um, it's
0: with the breathing techniques as well because a lot mm -hmm. of the time when I'd think about what had happened, I'd feel like I couldn't breathe. Yes, so just having a few minutes to calm yourself and take
1: yeah. some deep breaths—it really did help. Yeah, and does. I can't end it enough. I, you know, to people now, regardless of their situation, if they say to me like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment," I would say my personal recommendation would be: take time, do meditation, do mindfulness, do some yoga if that's something that you're able to physically do. You know, just carving out. Carving out time to I suppose just be in your emotions and yeah. allow them and not feel like you need to be behaving a certain way because people expect you to have moved on by now or mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's yeah. that's my big my big sort of thing that I I would recommend to anyone is, is making sure you're taking time to just just allow your emotions to flow.
0: Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> mm definitely helped me. Um, So for families of traumatic grief, do you feel their mental health is supported by the appropriate healthcare professionals? And if not, in what ways do you feel this could be improved to support families' mental health?
1: I feel like the the NHS really tries, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I just, I don't think that there's enough money in it at the moment to make sure that everybody is getting the level of bereavement and mental health support that they need Um, and that's not you know that's not an easy fix Mm -hmm. Um, in an ideal world i do wish that there would be more training available to um, staff who are seeing people through these situations be that hospital staff or Healthcare professionals, mental health professionals. Um, I was very lucky in that I formed a friendship with a um, an ex bereavement midwife who, at the time, was running a local charity called Sands, mm-hmm. um, which is the Stillborn and Neonatal Death Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, I was able to attend meetings and and get access to resources that that really really helped me deal with what we'd been through um but i again i feel like it was luck that i happened upon that i i wish that it was a lot more available for people dealing with traumatic grief and traumatic bereavement because it's not even Mm -hmm. if you got a course of therapy or counseling straight away you're not fixed it's not something that's ever going to be fixed and there will be times in the future Mm -hmm. triggers will come up or some days you'll just remember, you know, you'll you'll yeah. remember the feeling of yeah. finding out or yeah. or things like that. And yeah. that will keep coming up. So I do I do strongly wish that we had more bereavement services available. Um but keep asking for help definitely is is something that I think a lot of people going through grief need to do. They need to not be afraid to speak up yeah. and ask.
0: I think with it, it's a, everyone's different with the way they mm-hmm. deal with their grief. So the time yeah. scale on when you may want help varies from person to person. Yeah. Some may need to seek it straight away. Mm-hmm. Some not so. I mean, you're in complete enough shock for quite some time. Yeah. So you just, yeah you don't want to believe what's happened to no. you. So going to seek help. You
1: Absolutely. and. I um towards the end of 2019 so this was sort of 3 years after we'd we'd lost Thomas um I was feeling physically and emotionally unwell and 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 saw professionals who then diagnosed me with PTSD mm-hmm. because I was still having you know play by play flashbacks mm-hmm. of, of being in that room and being told She's and true, exactly yeah. what people said and what they were wearing and what they smelled like yeah. Um, you know, and it shocked me that that I could be diagnosed with something three years down the line, mm-hmm. because at the time I wasn't aware really of what the expectations are for mm-hmm. mentally managing a bereavement, especially a traumatic bereavement. And um, and since then, it's kind of made me really realise that actually bereavement services need to be ongoing. Like you say there's no timeline on it is there there's no
0: because because for PTSD I think it's CBT therapy mm-hmm. and with that they give you a number of sessions don't they mm-hmm. so but I kind of feel that there shouldn't be a time scale kind of put on that no it should be a working process together and when you feel comfortable yeah way, absolutely but maybe not ever fully because you may always need that yeah bit of support and yeah completely agree
1: yeah you can't you can't say okay well let's do cbt for six weeks and then i'll be i'll be fine because it's very rare that that's going to happen especially when you are trying to recover from something that's so emotionally ingrained in you Mm -hmm. you know that you've been through yeah
0: i totally understand Mm -hmm. so um so, if people would like to get in touch with you, is there any websites, books, contact information you'd like to share?
1: Um, for myself, I'm just you know showing up on Instagram and Facebook and just kind of living in the present as much as I can. Um, but what I would like to do is is just again um, for people who are dealing with losing infants um, or um, you know unborn children, I would really like to point them again in the direction of sands um farmbra sands was the the team that really helped me um and tommy's as well miscarriage society both of those were such a huge help in dealing with kind of the immediate feelings and continuing to heal as i then became a mother to joseph you know moved on somewhat in my life so really that's that's what I'd like to out out is um is those two charities and point people in the direction of them if needed
0: we thank you deeply for being so open and honest with us today and sharing your story to support families suffering with traumatic grief we hope that by sharing our stories we can help families and create a community of support so thank you Lauren for speaking with me today and thank thank you, you for having thank me you. on. Thank you for listening to Grieving Heart.